Welcome to the Tenant Law Podcast, where we talk about new, interesting, and or important legal cases affecting New York City tenants. First, we give you some background, so you have the context to understand the cases we are discussing. Then we talk about the cases, and finally, we explain why the cases are important and give you our tenant takeaway. I am Michelle Itkowitz, and today we are answering the often asked questions. If I break my lease early, doesn't my landlord have to find a new tenant? Or am I liable for the rent for the rest of the lease? So what we're doing today is taking a deep dive on the new real property law, section 227E, which governs a residential landlord's duty to mitigate a tenant's lease default. Typically on the pod, we only look at one case per episode, but because so many cases have come out in the last couple years, and they're really shaping what real property law 227E actually means for tenants. Today, we're going to be looking at five cases. And at the end, we're going to give you seven tenant takeaways. And this is so important for New Yorkers, because sometimes people, because of the circumstances of their careers or their lives, are just forced to break their lease. So if you're contemplating breaking your lease or if you've broken your lease, this is a podcast you really need to listen to. It's not going to have all the answers, but this is really some stuff you should know. So let's learn some law. First, let's set the stage with some context. Let us say that you want to break your residential apartment lease in New York City before its natural termination date. Maybe you got another job or another opportunity in another city, or maybe your partner did and you want to follow. Maybe something changed and now you can't afford the rent. Maybe you disliked the apartment and found a better one, a cheaper one. Whatever it is, you want to leave and the lease is not up yet. So you left early or you're leaving early before the end of the lease and the landlord tells you, that you will continue to owe the rent through the balance of the lease term. The first question I always get asked in these situations is whether the tenant has any defenses to owing rent for the rest of the lease, even though the tenant is not there. First, I have to remind you that a lease is, among other things, a binding legal contract. You're not allowed to just change your mind whenever you feel like it. A defense to breaking a lease early would be if your landlord physically locked you out of the apartment or if conditions in the apartment are so bad that it's impossible for you to be anywhere in the apartment, maybe from smoke or water damage or a gas leak or some type of structural collapse. In other words, something is so extreme that even though you're not actually locked out, it's physically impossible for you to be present in the apartment. Not that you dislike being in the apartment, not that you really dislike being in the apartment, but that you have been evicted, either in reality or by conditions. That's not the case in the majority of lease break scenarios. So before Real Property Law 227E, tenants had very few defenses when they broke a lease early. However, since June 14th, 2019, when they instituted Real Property Law 227E, tenants have a new possible defense. It doesn't work all the time. It doesn't work for every tenant. It doesn't work in every situation, but it's something that should be on your radar. 
And let's read just a little bit from Real Property Law 227E. If a tenant vacates a premises in violation of the terms of the lease, if they leave early, in other words, the landlord shall, in good faith and according to the landlord's resources and abilities, take reasonable and customary actions to rent the apartment at a fair market value or at the rate agreed to during the term of the tenancy, whichever is lower. And the burden of proof for this is on the landlord. In other words, residential landlords now, because of this new law in New York, have a duty to attempt to mitigate their damages. They can't sit around and do nothing and keep charging the tenant for a vacant apartment. They must at least try to find another tenant. And, and this is big. Let me just say this though, as a practical matter, most landlords always did attempt to mitigate their damages even before there was a statute requiring them to do so because landlords make more money with a tenant in an apartment than they do chasing tenants who have left. Having said that, this really does open up a new line of defenses for tenants. And I mentioned that the law was passed in June of 2019 because as I record this episode in December 2023, the law has been with us for about three and a half years. And that's just about how long it takes for the courts to start publishing decisions on a new law so that we, we start to see how the laws work in the real world. For instance, what does it mean that the landlord has to use a good faith in accordance with its resources and abilities and its, in it, in its attempts to mitigate the damages? And, and how is the fair market value that the landlord is supposed to seek from a new tenant determined? So what, what does it all really mean? So today we're going to look at what the main cases in this area teach us. And it's a lot of very interesting and surprising stuff. So now let's get into today's cases. The highest case is 14 East 4th Street versus Toporek, Appellate Division, 1st Department, 2022. As always, I will link to the full text of the cases I mention on the pod in the show notes. This case concerned a 10-room luxury apartment, which is probably why the case percolated its way up to the appellate division because there was a lot at stake. It was a two-year lease with a $17,500 per month rent. The lease was going to end in October 2020, and the tenant left in May 2020, so we're looking at five or six months at $17,500. That could be over six figures in liability for this tenant. Landlord put in an affidavit detailing the steps it took to re-rent the apartment, and they included that right after the tenant left, the landlord paid for listings of the apartment on multiple online real estate listing platforms, StreetEasy, Zillow, Trulia, something called Naked Apartments, and the apartment was immediately listed. Landlord provided a printout from StreetEasy's website confirming the date of the listing at a monthly rent of $20,000. Now, that should make us think for a minute because if you recall, the statute said that the landlord's efforts to mitigate mean that they're supposed to advertise the apartment 
at the rate that the tenant was paying in the broken lease or fair market, whichever is lower. 20,000 is more than the 17,500 that was listed in this broken lease. However, the landlord explained that away by saying that a series of concessions was being offered to the new prospective tenants such that the net effective rent would actually be less than the tenant's $17,500 a month obligation in the lease. The landlord submitted a spreadsheet to the court that documented 60 inquiries received regarding the apartment from June 2020 through February 2021. The spreadsheet provided the date of each inquiry, the source, was it a broker, was it street easy, that kind of thing, and the landlord's responses to each inquiry. The landlord's agent personally conducted nearly a dozen video walkthroughs and over three dozen live showings of the apartment, even though New York was still in the throes of the pandemic. And the landlord also provided listings of comparable apartments available during that period of time. So the landlord was not able to find a new tenant for this apartment by October 2020 when the tenant's broken lease expired. But tenant had no evidence to refute all that landlord had presented that it made a good faith effort to re-rent the apartment. So the court found that just because landlord's efforts to re-rent were not successful didn't mean that the landlord did not satisfy its duty to attempt to mitigate as imposed by Real Property Law 227E. So no defense was provided here for tenant to owing rent through October 2020. Next, we have Aster 202 Properties versus Monfried, which is a Supreme Court New York County case from 2020. And their landlord was held to have satisfied its duty to mitigate when it listed the apartment right after the tenant left. But the twist here is after they listed it and showed it, they found that they thought the tenant who broke the lease had damaged the apartment. So they needed to withdraw it from the marketplace, repair it, and then they claimed to have promptly relisted it and that was good enough for the court. So that's kind of an interesting twist that it was listed and then unlisted allegedly due to whatever damage the outgoing tenant had done. The next case is Cacade versus Newman, which is Supreme Court, New York County, 2020. And here's what happened in this one. The broken lease had a rent of $3,250 a month, $3,250, but the landlord listed the apartment for $3,300, and here there were no concessions. The landlord said, well, that's what the broker told me to do, but the court wasn't satisfied because the court pointed out, and this is the first court I can see that, that had to deal with this issue, that the statute's very clear that the, the rate that the apartment is supposed to be pushed at by the landlord when they're making their mitigation efforts is the rent that was in the broken lease or the fair market rent, whichever is lower. And that didn't happen here. So this is a case where the court said this landlord did not satisfy its duty to attempt to mitigate its damages. And therefore, the tenant does not owe rent for those months that it was listed for higher than the amount that was in the lease. The next case is Pickens versus Lane, a New York County housing court case from 2023. And in that case, the court held after a trial that landlord met its burden of mitigation when it listed an apartment with a broker and started showing it to prospective replacements for the tenant before the tenant even left. This raises an interesting point because probably the tenant 
was saying to the landlord, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave. And the landlord said to the tenant, well, let me in to show the apartment. The tenant said, fine, let him in. And it, it, in a way, this hurt the tenant's ability to assert real property law 227E as defense because it cooperated in landlord's efforts to mitigate. But I would never... I would never advise a tenant to not cooperate with a landlord's effort to show the apartment because, I mean, that would be the best outcome if the landlord showed the apartment and somebody else took it. That would mitigate your damages. If somebody else makes a lease, that cancels your lease, and that's a complete mitigation, and that would be the best outcome. It's just kind of ironic that the tenant letting the landlord in is what led to it being easy for the landlord to say, hey, look, I made my best efforts to mitigate. And then the final case is 50 West Development versus Azule, a Supreme Court New York County case from 2023. Here, the lease went through February 2021 and the tenant left suddenly and without any warning in July 2020. And here, Here's what's weird with this one. The landlord didn't list the apartment, but still said they tried to mitigate. Why? And this is really where you see why you have to look at cases because there's so many scenarios. The broker here said that this was apparently a large building. And the landlord testified that it was not the customary practice for this landlord to list all available apartments to lease for the public, especially if there were a large number of vacancies because they didn't want it to look like there was a lot of vacancy so people might think there was something wrong with the building or that the price was too high. So they would only list certain apartments. And in this case, they were listing other apartments in the C line that were three bedroom apartments, just like the subject apartment in the case. So they said that was good enough. And when people came through, we actually did show them this particular apartment. The broker put in her outlook schedule and showed that the subject apartment was shown 46 times between August 2020 and March 2021. But the tenant pushed back and said, how can you say you tried to mitigate when you didn't even list my apartment? And that actually was a compelling argument because when they did specifically list this apartment in February 2021, they were able to rent it in March 2021. Tenant also demanded discovery from the landlord. That's the exchange of documents, maybe depositions, and landlord ignored the requests. Ultimately, the court didn't make a final decision because this was a motion for summary judgment and the court denied summary judgment and said we need a trial here because it didn't feel like the landlord had sufficiently established on paper anyway that it had attempt to mitigate its damages by not listing the apartment at all, by listing similar apartments, but still showing the apartment. These cases raise some fascinating takeaways that you should keep in mind if you're in a lease break situation. And really what you should be seeing here is that you can't just read a statute. You have to see how the cases interpret the statute because the takeaways I'm about to give you, I'm culling from these cases. So, Let's get to the tenant takeaways, but first, housekeeping. 
But first housekeeping, this is not legal advice and I'm not your lawyer, but because I am a lawyer, this might be considered legal advertising. If it's legal advertising, it is terrible because I'm asking you not to contact me. This pod is not a commercial for me or my law firm. This is simply the podcast that I always wanted to make. Email us with your questions to answer on the pod. If you like our work, please give us the five stars and put this podcast on your socials. It's time for the tenant takeaway. Tenant takeaway time. Takeaway number one, keep a written record of when you notify landlord that you're breaking the lease early because this starts the mitigation clock. If you leave in the middle of the night and you don't tell anyone from the landlord and there's a lag before landlord even knows you're gone, then landlord can't be held responsible for not listing an apartment that it didn't even know should be marketed. Takeaway number two, as soon as you inform the landlord that you're leaving early, it's time to start closely monitoring StreetEasy and all those other online listing programs and also the building's website and and seeing are they listing your apartment and for how much. Takeaway number three, if the apartment's not listed, as we saw in the first segment, that's actually good for you in terms of a real property law 227E defense, but I don't think I would ever recommend to anybody, speak to your own lawyer, but I don't think I would ever recommend to a tenant not to contact the landlord in writing and say, hey, list my apartment because Ultimately, that's what you want. If the landlord lists it and somebody else comes and takes it, then you're off the hook. That's the best scenario. Also, if you send an email and say, you're not listing my apartment, why is my apartment not listed? And then they still don't list it. That sets you up for a really excellent real property law 227E defense to not having to pay rent because the landlord didn't mitigate. Takeaway number four, if the apartment is listed, print out screenshots of the rent asked and the move-in date offered. If the rent is higher than what was listed in your lease, as we saw in the first segment, that's also very good for you because you can argue you don't owe the rent because the landlord failed in its duty to attempt to mitigate by offering the apartment at the same rent or a fair market lower rent if the fair market is lower. For that matter, takeaway number five if the landlord is listing the unit as at a lower rent than what's in your lease, you should still get records of the market rent for similar units in your neighborhood because a lower rent than you were paying doesn't necessarily mean that rent being asked is a market level and that the landlord's making a good faith effort. It could still be too high. So grab comparable rent numbers. Takeaway number six. These cases might benefit from tenant demanding discovery from landlord, as we saw in segment one. You could, you know, that's the exchange of paper and depositions. You could ask for emails with prospective new tenants, spreadsheets or customer relationship management platform data about how many showings there were, invoices for listing services. Maybe a broker could be subpoenaed to testify. The problem here is discovery is where legal cases begin to get very expensive this is where all the time and effort goes. So as with all litigation, the expense needs to be balanced against the potential liability for the rent owed. 
In other words, if you're going to spend $25,000 to attempt to protect yourself from paying $25,000, that might be a decision that you need to rethink. Takeaway number seven, document thoroughly the condition you leave the apartment and you're leaving early, they're going to keep your security, but you still need to document very thoroughly video the condition of the apartment because the landlord may say there was a delay in listing because the apartment was left in bad shape by you and, they, and it needed a lot of work. So you can avoid that by making a record that you left it in a good condition. And there you have it. Remember, New York City, the law belongs to you but your ownership of the law is only as great as your understanding of the law. So let's learn to live better. I am Michelle Itkowitz, and this is the Tenant Law Podcast. Mm -hmm.